Hi everyone and welcome again to Connected Learning TV. This is our final webinar of this 2015 kickoff series titled Empowering Lifelong Learners by Teaching the Web with our friends at Mozilla Webmaker. I'm John Barilloni, the Community Manager for the Connected Learning Alliance and I'm going to be our host slash moderator for today. So throughout this series, if you've been following along, we've been introducing you to Mozilla Webmaker, uh, specifically why and how they're intent on teaching the web. So if you're watching this right now, please, I hope you'll take a moment to share it out with your networks, uh, either via Twitter or Google or your favorite social network. And today we're going to be talking with Lucy and Bobby from Webmaker and getting some guidance on like Laura mentioned last week, all of the different ways that you can get involved in the WebMaker community and start taking some first steps toward uh, promoting web literacy, whatever your practice might be. So before we dive into our chat, as usual, let's just go over a couple quick, a couple quick details. So whoever's watching live right now, uh, we really, really want your questions and comments featured here. So you can include those via the Twitter hashtag TeachTheWeb by commenting on the Google Plus event page or using the Q&A feature that you should see in the video player here. And we'll do our best to address any and all questions that come in uh, throughout our hour here. And we also welcome you to join and make new friends in the WebMaker Google Plus community. So I hope you guys will take some time to check that out too. So I'd like to give our guests a chance to introduce themselves. You know, I see uh, two, maybe three in the room there. So Bobby, do you want to start us off? Sure. Hi, I'm Bob. Uh, I, I guess um, I've been with Mozilla for a while now. Um, I work on WebMaker stuff. I call myself a producer here. Um, and I basically just, uh, I work with as many teams as possible and uh, Sometimes that involves uh, volunteers and uh, people who are on the ground. Sometimes that involves engineers and, and stuff like that. So I'm kind of all over the place. I'm here to have a little bit of fun. Cool. Hi, my name is Lucy. Uh, I've been here a little less time. I started with the Maker Party campaign. So if anyone has questions about that, I'm here to help. Uh, and since then, I've been working on a bunch of things for the WebMaker community. Uh, if you're following our Twitter, at WebMaker, uh, that's me, and also uh, you should check us out on Facebook and Google+. If you ever send an email, it's likely to be myself or one of another couple people who are answering that. So, yeah. Perfect. It's always nice getting to know the, the people behind the emails, the people behind the uh, Twitter accounts. <laughs> so this might be a little bit of a... Yeah, too big of a question to answer right off the top, but hopefully we can kind of dive in with this opening question. And this is just kind of a poll for both of you. What do you see as one of the single biggest advantages to joining the WebMaker community? And no pressure to you know get it done in a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to start or should I go? Uh, if you have an answer, then yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Um, I'm prepared. So I think uh, the biggest single advantage for joining the WebMaker community is that it's not just a place where you can go to learn a specific skill, but you are actually connected in with a community of learners. So you have the opportunity to talk to other learners by things like discourse or Twitter. You can be set up with mentors. You can attend in, life, like in real life events to meet people or 
when you're getting to a place where you're comfortable with your skills, you then have the opportunity to give back to that community. As a mentor, a teacher, or even just informally, there's lots of kits and resources available so you can share your skills. And it really creates a community of people, um, which makes it a lot easier when you're starting out. And it's inspirational as you move through to see kind of what you can achieve, what you can build. So I would say that's the biggest advantage. Yeah, and I, I guess I would say just to just to add to that a little bit, like we have um, the people who are working on the projects in this space are all really like-minded people. I think um, they come from a pretty uh, diverse set of uh, backgrounds, so um, there's a lot of different kinds of thinking that go into it. But everybody's kind of got the same focus, and uh, as a result, we have really interesting kind of uh, group projects that happen, and our take on how that stuff happens in the and the open world um, is perhaps unique in the, the space where we exist. Awesome. OK, I, I think we're done. That says it all. <laughs> it was really nice seeing you. <laughs> so Bobby and Lucy, I, you talked a little bit about there about um, you know, there are a lot of different ways to get involved. Obviously, there are a lot of different people from a lot of different walks in life throughout the webmaker community. Are you finding that it's easy for anyone to jump in and know where to start, you know, based on whether they're an informal educator or formal educator, or are there specific, you know, pathways or you know, toolkits or sorts of resources you point people toward based on, you know, what their day-to-day -day practice looks like? Maybe I'll start this one off to talk about how that kind of happens now and then kick it over to Bobby to talk about how that's going to be happening. Um, so right now, a lot of people land on the Webmaker homepage. Um, maybe they've heard like a little bit about the fact that there are tools there or teaching kits and they've got something in mind that they want to do. I recommend that people go to the web literacy map because it's got a list of all of the different um, competencies or skills that we feel make someone web literate. And so from there, you can kind of pick out the things you're most interested in and follow them through to develop certain skills. And if you're a teacher and you're coming more from an educator perspective, you can look, you know, I really want to teach privacy. So when you click into privacy, it'll have a whole bunch of like background information, but it'll also point you towards teaching kits that are relevant for that. So right now, that's kind of the funnel that we have to get people to the things they're interested in. Um, having said that, a lot of people land on various tools and play around with them a bit, and they kind of just like meander their way through. Um, they might like get really into a specific tool um, and then not really know where to go from there, or they'll get involved with the teaching kit and then they'll want to make their own. And so there's people at this point I think are coming in all over, but we're looking to streamline that process a little bit, aren't we, Bobby? Sure. So. Uh, yeah, we we are looking to stream that, that process a little bit, and uh, so we're sort of uh, we're playing with um, ways to onboard people um, in a much more focused way. I guess we're trying to focus on specific audiences and seeing what what triggers certain things um, in the large group of people that we have that are staring at WebMaker right now. And so we're trying to uh, refine the, the way that people see WebMaker first and what are the activities they can do when, they, when they're first um, uh, exposed to it. Um, and that's, that's really just from the, I guess, the, um, the end user perspective of, of a WebMaker, someone who doesn't really know exactly what WebMaker is yet or is sort of peripherally aware of it. Uh, they might go to webmaker.org and have the experience that we're trying to set up. And it's supposed to guide you into the, into the world. 
Um, but for people who are a little bit more uh, well-versed with uh, like, lear like connected learning kind of things or open source or uh, makerism or any one of those, um, there are a whole bunch of ways that we have um, different on-ramps that are sort of more people-oriented. Of course, we've got a bunch of stuff on the web that's, that's documented. You can go check out what people have done and like how you might want to get involved in these things. And we, we're all over Twitter and Facebook, like, like Lucy said. But um, we're always looking for, for ways for um, people to uh, share their, their unique talents with us so that they can get involved with how WebMaker grows. And that's maybe like doing translations for us or working on code or figuring out how the, the, the product spins out or um, doing design work with us or just, you know, basically being at events and stuff like that. So um, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out how to get more people involved in the, the ways that they see that they can contribute to the project. That's awesome. And Bobby, kind of dovetailing off of your mention about translation, so we actually did have a question come in from Russell Davis. So Russell, thanks for your question. We're tackling it now. Um, and Russell asks, what countries and languages does the web maker community cover? And I imagine it's a pretty big list. Yeah, yeah. It is, indeed. I actually took a moment to look things up just to make sure I was getting you a really specific answer. So uh, WebMaker is international. All over the world, there are people who are involved with WebMaker community. It's not limited to any specific countries, and we want everyone to get involved. And we've been quite successful at that. So if you go to events.webmaker.org, you can see uh, the, you can see a list of kind of upcoming events, and they're all over the world. Like there's one right now going on in Malaysia, India, uh, Canterbury and Kent in England. Uh, look at one in Quebec, Canada. Woo, Canada. Another one in India. So all over the world in uh, Poon. This is just in the next like couple days. These are where the events are going on all over the world, listed on the events.webmaker.org site. Um, in terms of languages, um, as Bobby touched on, we have a community that does translation. I'm looking at our TransFX page, which is what we use to, to do translations, and 93 languages are currently being translated for WebMaker. Um, not all of those are complete. At this point, I think we're, we've got maybe 50 completed, um, and some that we're waiting to finish, like they're just at 98%. So anyone out there watching this call speaks more than one language and wants to contribute, uh, if you go to transfx.com slash project slash webmaker, you can contribute to webmaker and making it accessible to everyone all over the world. Yeah, the, the transfx community is a really... Uh... Uh, interesting community to be a part of. Uh, it's kind of got its own tiered um, like learner mentorship sort of thing as well. So it's really an interesting way for people to um, maybe get their feet wet and learn about what it's like to uh, to be in charge of a small segment of stuff. Um, and it's it's going into a huge live project too. So it's you definitely have impact whenever you join something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's great. And do you have the, is the Maker Party map up there as well? That's what I was looking for. And I'm also looking for Norwegian to see, because I see that's another question. Norwegian? See what percentage were translating Norwegian. It looks like no one has started the Norwegian translation yet, which Zero. means, Russell, this is all you. <laughs> Call your friends, tell them you're getting WebMaker translated into Norwegian uh, so it can be even more accessible all around the world. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> just the Maker Party map. So I think yeah, we have a, an interesting map which you can which you can look at. It's on party party.webmaker.org. 
you go there, you can see that we have a map of the world and it kind of is covered in these big yellow dots. And you can see how much of the world the Maker Party from, from last summer uh, spanned. And we really touch on like a huge percentage of the world. I'm just looking at the map there. I think the only place we don't have is Greenland. Um, 86 countries participated. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So, um, yeah, if you had if you did something um, and you actually want it to be on that map too, I'm not sure if it's still live updating, but we're trying to figure out how to make the map a little bit more more live and show exactly how much of the community is participating um, every year. And just in case uh, there are people there who don't know what Maker Party is, I might take this advantage, uh, this opportunity to, to talk about what Maker Party is, and I'm sure some of the other speakers touched on it as well. But Maker Party is our campaign that runs uh, during the summer months for us, June to September, June 15th to September 15th. Um, and it's a big campaign to teach the web where we invite people all over the world to go out and run events to share the web with other people. So even if you don't have like a huge skill set and you just uh, know like a little bit about what HTML is, we have a whole bunch of activity kits, we have a whole bunch of manuals about how to run an event, so like how to book a space, how to like find volunteers, how to do all of that step by step um, so that you can turn an event. And while Maker Party is up and running, we also help people by sending out swag and we've got all these resources and uh, we get people to put their events up on that website I've mentioned earlier, events.webmaker.org, so that if you're uh, in your city and you decide, you know, I'd really like to learn a little bit more about the web, maybe it's HTML, you can look on that map, see what's near you, and get involved. And as you see, those events run all year round. Maker Party is just what we call that big boost we give it for those couple months. But all year round, throw these events and people teaching each other the web. This is the Maker Party logo. Uh, this particular dinosaur is extremely passionate about the web yes. and web literacy. So I think he's also wearing a Mozilla shirt. He's wearing a Mozilla shirt, yeah. and he's got a party hat on because Maker Party is just that one it's giant party. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move him over here. Just All right. Bye, Dino. <laughs> That's awesome. We need we need more dinosaurs like him. <laughs> he's so passionate. So talking ab talking about the global scale of the webmaker community. Uh, this came up actually in, in one of our earlier conversations, but I feel like it's always important to hit it. So I know most practitioners, when they're first starting out, it's on a local level. They want to you know, connect with people in their building, and then they can kind of expand out from there, expand out from there. And it can feel really comfortable sometimes just staying within your local environment with people you know. So what do you see as being the advantages to connecting to more of a global network with people you know you might never even meet? Sure. I mean, uh, I, I, it's hard because I, I love meeting um, like my local community and hanging out with them. I, I love real-time conversation. I, I love doing that kind of stuff because you have the, the same experience uh, with people who you can like see cool stuff with. But you just don't get the same kind of um, uh, diversity that you would from uh, talking to a global, a global community of people. Um, and it's not, you know, if I, if I stay in my office all the time and I can talk to the same people, uh, our our, I guess our perspectives on, on how to do stuff or like what to do and what to make, uh, they're always going to be limited by the experience that we have here. If I can connect to somebody who's in, say, Norway, um, 
their perspective is obviously going to be different than mine, and our, our range of talents uh, extends beyond that I, which I can articulate here. So that it's it's a much better, healthier, more diverse community if, if we have a lot of people um, get involved and, and do the thing that they're good at, um, as opposed to just growing it out of one very specific place. Mm -hmm. I agree with everything Bobby said, and I think this is the joy of online events like this. There's so many great free tools like Google Hangouts, Skype, um, and that means you can connect with people all over the world. And I think another advantage is that you can um, hit on a group of people who are involved in something really, really specific. Like if you want to use AppMaker to create a like game that has elves running through mazes, in your community, maybe there's one person who likes that because you got them onto it. But around the world, there are probably people who absolutely love that and are already got games that are like 10 levels long and they're excited to share them with you. So if you've got a really specific interest like that, if you open it up to the international community, that's how you find like a group of people who can geek out together on one particular thing and really like help each other grow in that area. I think that's a really good point. We had, uh, I think it was the Indian community, um, when we started first trying to uh, take CapMaker around um, to different places, they really stepped up and made the craziest stuff with AppMaker. And it was such a good example of, of how to bend something to your will. Uh, they did stuff that we hadn't really prepared for, which is always what you want for from a, a project, right? Um, so it's it's sort of a it's a great it's a great point because if you want to figure out how to do that stuff, you have to talk to the the Indian community to figure out how they did that. Um, it's not even stuff that I would be particularly expert at because they had this like they're the ones who built it, so I would just defer to to them and say, can you guys connect and and talk about how great that experience was and how you can build on it and stuff like that. That's awesome. I'm reminded of uh, Angela Myers, who's an educator here in the U.S., and she has this great quote says, the smartest person in the room is the room. And I think what you guys are talking about, the webmaker community, by you know figuring out how to experiment and break things and bend things, that really does eventually benefit you know, the entire community. So it's really cool to hear you guys talk about that in practice. Um, Speaking of AppMaker and the specific WebMaker tool set, Laura kind of clued us in last week that you know it's not always going to be the exact same tools that WebMaker has. You know they're constantly evolving, changing, improving. So I was wondering, and this might be more for Bobby since I know this is kind of up your alley. Are there particular WebMaker tools that you find the community like? They love it the most because it's really helpful in teaching web literacy. Is there, you know, one or two go-tos, or are you just seeing, you know, cool experiments kind of across the spectrum? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess that uh, we we definitely see people use different tools to teach web literacy curriculum in different ways, and. Um, something like AppMaker has kind of a specific use case where you can you can make apps. And um, early on, we wanted to try to develop it so that it kind of grew out of that and let you do different things with it. So you can experience more of the web than is just uh, traditional apps. And you can, you can, I guess, inject the web into um, apps that you would make. And it can be a learning experience about programming and the web and what phones do, and et cetera. But there are traditional things like Thimble that are, and uh, X-ray goggles, which are a little bit more uh, traditional in the sense that you can 
um, the web page is the thing that you want to actually um, attack and, and edit and try to try to remix. Uh, and those are tools that are just sort of supposed to show you what's behind the scenes. If you really like a web page, you can go and you can take extra goggles and you can kind of just take it apart uh, like a Lego pieces. You can kind of just lift them up and, and see what they're made of. Um, and you can you can uh, edit the attributes of those things as well and, and make a different web page. Um, and similarly, X-ray goggles takes that to kind of another another level where you can uh, step in and try to write the code yourself. And it tries to hold your hand a little bit and uh, guides you along the paths of, of, of writing good HTML, um, tells you when there are problems, things like that. So those are those are kind of um, a little bit more. Um, Obvious about how they would present uh, web literacy um, to people, but it's sort of always up to the the teacher or the the, the learner um, about how they use these tools. Because you can s sort of teach everything with um, something like Thimble. It just depends on the, the activity. Um, and we just had like a privacy day thing happen, uh, and there are activities you can do that are about privacy, but they still use things like Thimble or X-ray goggles or Lightbeam. Um, and those those really illustrate uh, just the different concepts of privacy that might be interesting to people who are learning a little bit about web literacy. And we have things that are as far out. Uh, actually, uh, our team in Mozilla um, Japan just uh, has been creating something called Para Para, which is more about um, drawing and, and collaborating. And there aren't a lot of tools that that uh, that illustrate that well. I think there's a like a, some features in some uh, some code editing. Uh, things online that are about collaboration, but this is a, this is kind of different. It, it invites you to collaborate with other people in sort of like a a global setting where you can you can each work on animation and you can you can affect the world together. And you can probably show that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, do a screen share. If you can find it, uh, I'm not really super sure what the link is. Here. Para para. Modlabs. Um, Dutch AAS. Yeah. So. I mean, this is one of the tools that um, uh, we don't feature yet on the webmaker.org uh, website, but we want people to start using this stuff uh, in, in much of the same way. There are some activities that, that feature Parapara, um, uh, just like the other tools on webmaker.org. They're just teaching kids that do this stuff. Um, are, you, are you sharing it? I'm going to try and share a screen here. So let's do that one. And then, does that work? Can you guys see? You want to click on Start Sharing. Oh wait. Okay. There. Start screen share. All okay. right. Can you guys see this? Yep. Excellent. So this is um and something I was gonna mention, which is like I wouldn't say there's a most popular tool, but there definitely are most popular tools for different age ranges, um and like different use cases. So. For little kids who you want to introduce them to the web, they're too young to code, anything like three or four. I've seen events where this is extremely popular. So you can make a whole bunch of these like slides, and then when you put them together, it'll create like, like a slideshow. So you can trace over what you've made, but change it slightly. I'm going to make this have its mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> what a good fish. Thanks. And then when you see it, look how it changes. And the cool thing about this, which uh, Bobby was mentioning before, is that you can you get a URL to the thing you've created, and you can share that on across a bunch of different computers, and then anything anyone draws um, with that URL will appear on the same thing, and it can have a background like a fish tank. Then you can get a classroom of 30 kids to draw their own fish, and it will swim across the tank. So different tools, different age group ranges, and pair pair like 
little kids love that. Same with popcorn makers, best for like younger audiences. You can do some like easy video hacks. Mobile like app maker, very popular with teenagers. Yeah. We see a lot of like teenagers and adults who want to get involved with with app maker and thimble as well. It has a bit more of a range because you can do everything from making a meme to building a web page. And I have seen some incredible web pages from seven year olds. So it's not a very not very restrictive, but that's usually in a learning environment. So, and I think yeah. just just to add uh, something about the, the future, uh, we're trying to get a lot smarter about how um, how these tools are presented and what aspects of them people use and how they're socialized. Uh, and right now, we have a pretty uh, the, the like remix make community is is how we rely on people um, sharing this stuff on, on in, inside of the webmaker community right now. Um, and there's like discourse and stuff, which is maybe a really good thing to mention as well. Um, but uh, we want to try to work the, those same ideas um, and uh, integrate them closer to the tool sets themselves. So you should be able to use things like Parapara or um, or Popcorn or Thimble. Um, and in the near future, we might have a different sort of rendition of, of that same uh, set of activities that's um, that has the, the same kind of uh, social aspects and um, making um, intertwined kind of more uh, tighter knit, if I can say that as a, an idiom. Okay. <laughs> created it. That is awesome. And for anyone who's watching this live or watching this as a recording, I know that was a, a ton to keep track of, a lot of different names being thrown out, but just know that on the archive page of this on www.connectedlearningtv, we'll have a list of links to everything that's being mentioned here. So no worries about trying to you know pause, what did they say, go find the link. We're good. We got you covered. So, and we'll put our Twitter handles on there, too, so you can, like, get to us directly. You're like, what did she say? She speaks so fast. <laughs> I thought it. So, obviously, with this tool set and with events like Maker Party, you have a wide range of users in terms of people who might be, you know, using this or getting into this for the first time and people who've you know, been involved for years and kind of know all the tricks of the trade. So, kind of a two-part question. Are there ways for people who are using these tools to, you know, create and make projects to show off what they're doing, and you know, ideally for you know, newbies to kind of come and remix, and then two within the webmaker community, is there a way for you know new people and experts to get matched up together? Yeah, do you want to talk about discourse? Um. I was going to go another angle. Oh, if you want to do discourse, nice. start with discourse, and then I'll, I'll do my thing. OK, I, I'm maybe not the, the expert on discourse, but um, our community team uh, is really keen on this, this stuff. Uh, and we're trying to figure out what the, the right tool set is to, to help that um, uh, really flourish. Because we know that there's a, a lot of power in that kind of relationship that you're talking about. So uh, we have something called discourse, which is um, uh, chat it's, room. It's it's a forum. If, forum, yeah. If people are familiar with, with that kind of um, internet communication, uh, it's really a, a way for you to meet other people who are working on stuff that is um, thematically similar to something that you care about, and uh, you can share stuff that you're you're working on there. You can uh, meet the people who are uh, teachers and learners and mentors and super mentors within the community there. And that's probably the, the place that um, 
people are ushered to first when they ask questions like that. Like, how do I get more involved in the community? I want to show this thing that I've been, I've been making. I just want to have a conversation about, about uh, security and privacy. Where do I go? Uh, and there's usually a conversation happening on discourse. Um, and, and like I said, that like discourse is the thing that we're trying to pull in even closer. So that kind of uh, relationship is something we're trying to, um, again, uh, idiom, but double down on. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to really harness the power of that and uh, make it a, a core part of the um, the experience that we have. Like a sandwich. Like it's like a sandwich. Two pieces of chicken with, with cheese in the, in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and I just wanted to add on to that. I mean, all of that stuff with discourse is great. And a lot of that um, being able to share what you've made is also on the website. It's built into the whole system. The second you create something, it goes to the gallery. And so anyone can see it and find it and like it. And then you can share your creation out, and anyone can remix it. So that is all already kind of built into it. Um, but on discourse, there's actually a, like, a my makes section where people who've made something really cool can go and specifically specifically share that. So that's a good way if you've got something that you know is super awesome and you want to help people with it. Uh, we're also really trying to build out our mentor program uh, to have more like in-person mentorship opportunities and make sure that people who want to take that next step and teach other people are being paired with people virtually but also um, in real life that they're running events and um, being able to take that next step in their communities. That's awesome, guys. Thanks again for you know, sharing those resources. And again, we'll have those available right after, uh, well, later today, actually. <laughs> John needs some time to eat some lunch <laughs> before he starts archiving. So this is something that we actually haven't mentioned yet in terms of actual physical events um, that are kind of for the entire webmaker community and also online virtual events that are for the entire webmaker community. Uh, the MozFest, so the Mozilla Festival, and also the newly minted Teach the Web Calls. So wanted to just get intros to both of those and again uh, just kind of your opinions on how those are helping out people who might just be starting out down the road to promoting web literacy within their own work. So I'll maybe take the talks and you could take MozFest. Sure. Um, I'm actually running these talks so they're near and dear to my heart. And we're, we're building them up and they're ever-changing and we're trying to take them and kind of find the exact right direction for it. Um, but right now, once a month, we have talks where we invite uh, amazing people from different industries and around the world to join us in a hangout just like this. Um, and we ask them questions. We do a kind of interview style. And the idea is that they've got a skill that we feel like our community of people who want to like make and teach the web um, can really benefit from. So it could be anything from um, learning a little bit more about privacy and how you can teach that. It could be about how to like run an event in your community, how to use basic design skills to make cooler posters and invitations for when you're trying to engage more people in what you're working on. Um, so these colors are especially helpful for mentors, for the people we've mentioned who are wanting to, to take their skills and share them out. But as new people joining and watching the call, there's so much like amazing information coming from each of these speakers. And it's really like it's inspiring and it's a good starting point. You see kind of uh, yesterday we had Stacey Martin on. She talked about uh, data privacy and the way you can learn more about data privacy resources that you can use to protect your privacy and teach them. So 
she was like an amazing speaker and um, I think everyone would have got something out of that, but especially for mentors, it's like I can take this back and teach this to my community. And then MozFest is awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I could I could ramble on about MozFest for a long time, um, but I, I guess the the, um, the the way to contextualize MozFest, I guess for 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 a call like this, is that uh, it's a place where um, the the people who attend MozFest are people who uh, not only uh, like take part in um, the activities that happen there, but um, uh, almost a requirement for being an attendee is that you have to affect the things that are going on. So it's kind of as though um, if you if you submit a talk or something to, to MozFest, uh, it might be about how to um, uh, how to create uh, uh, drones or something like that, then you're expected to um, go to the, the, the drone making uh, workshop, but also maybe take part in it in a leadership perspective as well. So it really tries to hone in on the, the, the mentoring aspects of, of this community, because we know that one person trying to um, orchestrate an entire workshop and make sure that everybody's learning something, uh, isn't it doesn't quite scale the way we want to, uh, especially at a place that's so chaotic as, as MozFest. Uh, I guess I could describe it as like a, a building that's got too many people in it that are all trying to do cool activities and learn from one another. So we, we take advantage of that and make sure that anybody who is leading a workshop um, uh, has support from not only like volunteers who are hanging around, but also people who are, I guess, self-identified um, uh, teachers and uh, just people who want to help um, uh, wrangle the other people who are around so that everybody has a really good experience where they can take something away from it. Um, that kind of answered the question. I mean, again, MozFest is a really weird thing to describe. No, no worries. That, that does it. And I know our folks here at the Connected Learning Alliance and Pursuitery had a really fun time attending the last MozFest in, in London. So. Thumbs up there, to everybody involved there. Someone with a box, like a Minecraft box head at at uh, Mozfest. That was awesome. What was that? <laughs> the, the cactus looking scary no, no, no. thing. That was just a, a regular yeah. Minecraft guy. Minecraft yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Evan Jones, who actually asked an earlier question here, which I think was from his Teach the Web talk with you, Lucy. Um, he's asking, are there, you know? potential best practices on the way for people who might want to remix some of those teach the web talks or teach the web calls that have been coming out. Um, how would one go about doing that? If you're interested in remixing the talks, um, so maybe like taking what was talked about and turning like bringing it into your community, um, there is actually a teaching kit underway about how you can like localize it. Um, so that will be coming out soon, which will provide exactly the best practices that Evan helpfully brought up. Um, because that is a great thing that you could do. If you are like watching a talk and you're like, privacy is so interesting, I want to know how I can bring this to my community, and you get a group of people together, you go through the talk and you're like, these are the resources, let's, let's dig in deeper. Almost like kind of a book club or something with the stuff you've learned in the talk. So there is a teaching kit coming, and there's a wiki page with all the information on Teach the Web Talks, which is a link I'm sure will appear on this Google Hangout page. And I'll make sure that 
that uh, teaching kid is one of those things. I, I think there's, there's something interesting in there, too. I'm not sure this is actually an aspect of it yet, so it's just cut me off if I'm going to repeat something. But like, um, there, there may be a, a cool opportunity if you, if you do see the, the Teach the Web talk that it is about security and privacy, and that's something that interests you. Um, I know that the, one of my hobbies growing up was to just do uh, like amateur internet radio and stuff like that, and I, I love the opportunity to try to uh, take information and then uh, share it with more people through that kind of medium. And so, if you like the talks that are going on, and you are um, uh, with a bunch of people, uh, maybe you have like a friend um, that has read and listened to the material yourself. Um, like YouTube is an accessible thing. Record yourselves, have your own conversation about it, and get other people to comment on that, that same thing. Uh, it would be really amazing to me to see um, people take talks uh, mm -hmm. as, as a concept and really bring that in and make it a thing that happens. Um, that like Remixing a talk would be so cool. A talk cool. on the talk. Exactly. Like, just keep yeah. repeating that stuff. It would be really amazing to see that kind of spread. We are, you know, not fearful of being meta, so. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, Bobby, kind of going back to this concept of, you know, things you can do offline as a webmaker community member, um, I don't know, again, you know, this might be just kind of opening a, a little bit of a puzzler, and we don't feel, you know, no pressure to fully answer it here, but for those who might not have 100% 24-7 reliable access to the internet, whether that's at school, in public spaces like their library, or at home, how can they improve their web literacy or promote web literacy in an offline environment? Are there you know, tools that Webmaker has, advice on you know places to go, things to do? Yeah. How do you do it? Uh, there are a couple of really interesting ways that I've seen the, the, the community react to that question. Um, we have been, like ourselves, um, I guess inside of the Webmaker community, uh, the people who are working on the tools, we've been uh, uh, slower to respond to this than our community has, which is really cool. Because we can, we make these tools, we're trying to make it really interesting for people to make stuff on the web. Um, but then I think the, the, there's this um, organization that's connected to Hive. I think they're called Mouse. And they, they were make, on last week. Oh, they were on last week. These guys make the coolest uh, um, offline activities that I've seen people do. And they're in person. They're interactive. Uh, there's one about learning how HTML tags work. Using um, tag? Yeah, exactly. Tag. You can sort of you can just print off a thing, and it's, it's a game. And you can go, and you can run this. Um, the objective is to stand in a circle and learn about how, how tags work by running around. If there's not a more offline thing than that, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, but like taking that kind of stuff as inspiration, we're trying to figure out much better ways to uh, deliver uh, an experience to people that is offline first. Um, as, we, as we travel with Webmaker around the world, there's, there are more and more people who don't have um, like the robustness of the internet that, that we, we expect there to be in like Toronto. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're trying to come up with really good ways to, um, to deliver like web literacy content to those places. Um, there is a thing that was at MozFest I think called the, um, the brick and it's basically um, a, little, um, a little device and you can uh, put 
put like a storage, like a memory thing inside of it, and you can take it to a place and it becomes the internet for you. So there's a, um, an interesting opportunity there to load that with web literacy content and have people connect to it and interact with that with that device and with each other in a place where the internet just doesn't exist at all. Um, and we're you know always trying to um, uh, engineer our tools in such a way that you can maybe be around the internet in one place and then um, take with you what you uh, what you want and then go to a place where you're disconnected and work on that stuff. Um, that, that was. Lots of words, yeah. Um, the only thing I'll add is that I think that like encroaches in on something uh, like the mobile worlds. People who are coming online primarily or entirely on mobile and what that looks like. Uh, and I think we are looking at how we can incorporate WebMaker and a mobile version to access those people as well. Because that's a lot of people where there's places where there's not a lot of internet does have people accessing like low-level internet on their smartphones. So definitely a direction. That's awesome to hear and you know we'll definitely keep our eyes on you know, further developments for that kind of web literacy in a box. That sounds great. So for anyone again who's watching live we totally welcome your comments and questions. We're getting a little bit close to the end of our talk here so we definitely want to make sure we're addressing things that are on your mind and uh, Lucy and Bobby are totally ready and prepared to answer anything you have. Maybe not the meaning of life, but anything. Uh, oh, we'll try. Yeah. We've got okay. Good okay. <laughs> We're open to that too then. So one of kind of my ending questions or one of my final questions I had from my end is for those who you know are literally just taking their first steps into promoting web literacy in their own practice, do you feel like the webmaker community is something they can you know, step into and not feel overwhelmed? There, you know, you start out in the first room and kind of expand, expand, expand. And if so, what would those first steps be? And again, in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming, totally being exposed to everything webmaker has to offer. I'm actually interested. I feel put like imaginary wall here, and don't be influenced by my answer because I suspect we would have different thoughts on what the like easiest on ramp is for people. Um, so you can hear nothing, but <laughs> um, I would say that like what I mentioned before that that web literacy map. If you're coming at this cold and you're interested, um, but you're maybe not sure like even what's involved in becoming web literate. The web literacy map is accessible. It's got like YouTube videos and articles and stuff that you could read before you even like get into learning that skill. And then it has some like easy access um, tools, uh, not tools. Yeah, it points you the right tools, but also it gives you the activities to learn that skill. And then if you do that and you like that, it will. It'll be. It's easy to find. Like oh, someone remixed your kit. You can see what they've made. Or you can you've remixed an activity. You can see what else that person has made, and that can be an easy entry point. And then I think like you're really enjoying this. You're building your skills, getting involved in discourse, starting to go to in-person events. Like all of that can grow from there. I think for me, uh, I would want to go through like the map. But let's see what Bobby says. <laughs> I, no, I I mean the map is a really good place to to start that stuff. It, it depends on what you are. Uh, what you're comfortable with and how you how you learn. Um, I know that 
recently I got super interested in astronomy, and the way that I started trying to learn about it was to find uh, some local meetups that talk about astronomy. Uh, what better way to learn about the kind of um, the things that people who are probably amateur astronomers uh, have to deal with all the time than to go and talk to them and listen to them talk about pictures of, of Jupiter that they've been taking recently. Um, and that's that's what we've tried to do with the kinds of uh, event space that we have in, in WebMaker. And so um, we uh, try to ex um, expose the all of the events that happen using events.webmaker.org so that if you are in a place, um, like if you're in like New Hamburg and you want to uh, attend an event, you can check the events.webmaker.org and see if there's something that's happening around you. And with luck, there's something that is. You can attend it and you can meet people who are also into um, talking about learning and web literacy and stuff. Um, and you can you can kind of get involved that way. And for me, it's always just been a, a good to have sort of a, a personal relationship first, so I can get get my feedback and talk to people and have mentors that are I can identify right away. So that's that's what I would do um, if I was starting out. Is that yeah? Satisfying? Start with the people, yeah, work your way yeah, back. Yeah, different strokes. That's great advice, both of you. Thank you so much. So I wanted to turn it over to you real quick in case there was anything that we did not get to touch on that you know talks about the WebMaker community, you know, anything we, we might have missed. Um, I saw there was a question, but it disappeared. Like maybe it was retracted. But I'm going to answer it anyway. Lisa, I saw you. You were too <laughs> slow. Because um, you asked if there was one specific resource. Um, and I think I would say... Depends kind of where you're at. But if really pressed, I would say X-ray goggles. What, what, sorry, what was the resource? The question was, uh, is there like one resource you would say like push the two to get started with? Okay. And I would say X-ray goggles. Assuming that you're fairly new to this whole thing, the chance to look at what's under a website, I think you might be surprised. I was definitely surprised to find how many people, like teenagers who seem web competent because they use the web all the time, have no idea that HTML is what's under websites. And that basic bit of information is huge, and so many people don't know it. And once you realize that what's underwriting websites is just like a little bit of fairly accessible code, it opens the world of you being able to change that and create it yourself. So X-ray goggles, just the starter page, clicking around on that page, opening it up, trying to hack the New York Times or hack a high school website, I would say that's that's the one resource I would, if pressed, I would be like that one. And we're constantly updating and hopefully automating this in the future, uh, webmaker.org slash explore uh, has so much content on it that um, other people have made and we're trying to find really good ways um, to, um, to surface the stuff that's really neat. Um, and uh, you know, we're, we're admirers of the Scratch community who does this super well with uh, Scratch projects and their community. Uh, they do such a good job with that. So we want to try to do something, um, something similar, and give people uh, ways to see the activities that exist and other remixes that people um, have worked on. Uh, and I know maybe we can share a couple of really interesting activities that we have that get people into those uh, those tools, uh, because I would suspect those that's a better place to look um, for first resources than the tool itself, because you get some context, you understand a little bit about what the tool can do for you and the steps to using it so that you can learn some specific web literacy item. 
We can definitely pull up some of those links and get them to John to share out. You got it. So I think that is pretty much everything I had on my plate for you guys. So I want to say thanks again for taking the time to you know, share your energy and your insights with us. And hopefully, again, if you've been watching this, you're, you're going to be checking out the you know, ton of links and, and different things that have been shared out during this, in this talk here. So I wanted to thank every, everyone again for, for being involved. And uh, Lucy and Bobby, please pass on my thanks to the WebMaker community and everyone who was involved earlier in the month. So per usual, we're going to have a full video recording of this webinar available later on www.connectedlearningtv and a bunch of curated content on the way that you guys can share with your networks too. So this wraps up the final webinar of this January series, but again, please feel free to keep the energy going on Twitter using the hashtag TeachTheWeb and also the hashtag WebLiteracy. And I hope you guys will make new friends in the WebMaker Google Plus community too. So if you found this conversation helpful, whether you're watching it live or whether you're watching it as a recording, I hope you'll share it out with your networks and encourage them to get involved in both the WebMaker community and the Connected Learning TV webinar series. And if you want to know about more webinars coming up on our end in 2015, uh, please sign up for the www.connectedlearning.tv newsletter there. And Lucy, real quick, if people want to get involved in the upcoming Teach the Web calls and talks, what do you recommend for them? Uh, we post it all over Twitter, um, and there is like a wiki page. Uh, I don't, I'll make sure that John has that link to share it out. Uh, where you can find all the information. Uh, but right now, if you search who's watching you uh, on Google Hangouts, you'll find our talk from yesterday and a bunch of information about Teach the Web Talks on that. Perfect. So thanks again, Lucy. Thanks again, Bobby. And thanks again, Maker Party Dino. <laughs> thanks, John. Bye. Bye.